All right, all you future podcasters out there, let me tell you about something you need to be aware of. I've been looking for different platforms to put my podcast into, and it's kind of confusing. There's a lot out there, a lot of them that charge you, but I found something that you need to hear. There's a platform called Anchor. Now, you need to understand, this one is free. There's no monthly fees, no yearly fees, no fees of any sort, no sign-up fees. It is free. Now, the best thing about it is that it's free and it comes with so many different tools. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, then one of the other neatest things is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. All you do is upload your podcast. Anchor handles all the rest. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. First podcast you put up, you can start making money. Now, it's everything you need to have in one place to make a podcast. So, pay attention to this part. It's very important. Go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M or download the free Anchor app to get started. Welcome to another episode of the KJV Bible Study. I want to thank all of our listeners who have been supporting us over the last um, month and a half as we get started on this uh, new podcast and Bible study. Excited to mention this week that we added another country to our list. We're now in three countries as well as 27 states in the United States. It's exciting to watch and see the seeds that are being planted. See the seeds that are being planted. See the seeds that God is laying through this Bible study. We will only know um, in heaven what comes from this and the blessings that each of you receive. But we are excited about that. We're always excited when we get to open God's Word and we get to see God work through His Word. I want to remind everybody, if you would like to email us, please do so. Your questions, comments... Um, at kjvstudy at yahoo.com. That's kjvstudy at yahoo.com. Be sure and follow our Facebook page as well. It's KJV Bible Study. You'll be able to find it by doing that search. I want to thank you again, and we're going to continue our study in John. This week, we're going to be looking at verses 15 through 28 in chapter 1 of John. We've spent some time over the last uh, many weeks kind of going over the introduction that John lays out for us, talking about the light, the light is that is to come, um, that the light was here with God. Um, we kind of introduced John the Baptist last week, 
mentioned that he wasn't the light, but he was here to draw attention to that light that is Christ coming. Now, as we continue our reading this uh, today, we'll again begin in John chapter 1, verse 15. If you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to use them. Um, there's something special about holding God's Word, about uh, seeing the words as we talk about them. Um, I make notes in my Bible. Some don't. Uh, I do. I like to underline and, and make little notations. It helps me down the road as I, I continue study. So John chapter 1, and we'll start reading in verse 15. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth come by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Verse 19. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? that we may give an answer to them that sent us, What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest then thou, if thou be not the Christ, nor Esaias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethsay, pardon me, Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptized. So we see kind of the beginning of the ministry of John the Baptist. And this, this whole occurrence that we read today is kind of the first day, the first um, event that's described here in John. John kind of deals with things in a chronological sense as he introduces to us the deity of Christ. So notice, let's go back to verse 19. Verse 19, Bible says, And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? You may remember in our last episode we introduced John the Baptist. We introduced him in the fact that he is going around hearkening. He's going around proclaiming that there is one to come. The Messiah is coming. And this comes 400 years or after 400 years of relative quiet from God. No prophets were teaching, speaking. Oh, God was still working. But prior to these 400 years, we had 
prophets that would come and speak on his behalf. Well, for that 400 years, this didn't occur. So now there's this relative quiet in Israel, in Judea. And now John the Baptist comes on the scene. And here he comes, the wild man, preaching, hearkening, yelling, repent, make straight way for the Messiah's coming. So this created a stir. It had to have. He had crowds coming to the Jordan to be baptized, to hear his preaching, to hear his teachings. This created a stir. And of course it would have created a stir amongst the Levites and the priests. This delegation of priests and Levites were sent on a formal mission here. If you notice... Uh, in verse 19 it says and this was the record of John when the Jews sent Levites and priests this sent this word sent says that they were sent on a mission that they were sent by somebody of authority to find out what is going on out there who is this John the Baptist and why is he baptizing it was an official visit to interview and interrogate you may have remembered in our original episode, I mentioned I'm a police officer. I'm familiar with interviewing and interrogation. And the questions that they asked John the Baptist, they did so in a way to try and find out more about him. Who are you? Who art thou, they asked. Or again, who are you? Where do you come from? What are your intentions? What is your message? Remember, Again, I've mentioned, leading up to this point, this 400 years of silence from God, there are no prophets speaking. John was sent as well on an authoritative mission, and it caused a stir. So verse 20, John's response to this question, Levites and priests, they ask, who are thou? John answers and says, I am not the Christ. John the Baptist both confesses and denies confession leads this confession leads to another formal answer to this formal inquiry notice john's answer i am not the christ i'm not but someone is he doesn't say there is no christ there is no messiah he's just saying he's not it i know why you're here i know why you're asking i've been proclaiming this for for some time and people are coming back and you're hearing about it i'm not him but i'm here to proclaim it verse 21 says and they asked him well what then art thou esaias art thou esaias this is a reflection they're asking him art thou elijah why are they asking are if he's elijah well if you go to second kings 2 11 2 Kings 2.11, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. You see, the prophet Elijah never did actually die. He didn't die like all other humans. No, he was just taken up into heaven in this whirlwind. In Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, 
to give some more context to this. The Bible says, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, for all Israel with the statutes and judgments? Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. You see, these Levites and priests, they knew Old Testament prophecy. They also are waiting around for the Messiah to come. They're looking for the signs. They knew Old Testament prophecy. So when they asked, Art thou Elijah? They specifically knew from the reference from 2 Kings that Elijah never did die. He was just taken up into heaven. They knew the prophecy from Malachi that said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the day of the Lord. Meaning, Elijah is going to come prior to Christ's birth. So when they said, Art thou Elijah? They're looking for, well, are, are you Elijah? Are you that prophet that was promised to be sent? John the Baptist said, No, I'm not Elijah. His response, I am not. So if Christ was already born and we know he was, then if he's not Elijah, and the Bible never, ever contradicts itself. What's the answer here? Is Malachi, that prophecy, just not a true prophecy? If Malachi is not a true prophecy, then what other prophecies in the Bible aren't true? It draws into question everything written in Scripture. Everything in Scripture is true, or none of it's true. None of it can be trusted. So we begin with the premise that the Bible is factual. Every word, every page. So how do we, how do we reconcile that? Well, we got to interpret Scripture with other Scripture. You can't just read Malachi and then the reference from John and go, John says he's not Elijah. Malachi said Elijah was going to come before Christ. Contradiction. No. It's not a contradiction. Go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, verse 10 through 12. And the Bible says, And his disciples asked him, saying, When then, say the scribes, that Elijah or Elias must first come? Even the disciples understood this. They knew that Elijah must have come first before Christ, per the prophecy in Malachi so they're asking Christ what happened how do we how do we reconcile this and Jesus answered and said unto them Elias truly shall come first well, Christ validated the prophecy from Malachi and he went on and said and restore 
all things. But I say unto you that Elias is come already. And they knew him not, and have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise also shall the Son of Man suffer of them. Did you catch what Jesus said there? He said, Elias is already come. John the Baptist wasn't the man Elijah, but he came in the spirit of Elijah. He wouldn't have recognized this. John the Baptist, of course, wouldn't have recognized this. God didn't speak to him and say, you're coming in the spirit of Elijah. Now go forth and make way the path. No, I just said, go forth. Proclaim that the Christ is to come. Tell them to repent. Tell them to get their hearts ready. Well, remember, Jesus is God. So Jesus tells us later, and this would have occurred much later as the disciples were already present with Christ, when they asked him, wait a second, how do we reconcile this apparent discrepancy, but we know it's not a discrepancy, God. How do we recognize this? How do we reconcile this? Christ says he's already come, that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. Ladies and gentlemen, the biggest lesson that we can take from that account is the Bible's true. Every word. From the first of Genesis where it talks about in the beginning God created the world. And this isn't a, a, a lesson on Genesis or creation, but the Bible tells us that that creation occurred in seven days. You know, don't let other people come in later and tell you that, well, there's a gap. That, that you know, there's a gap between certain steps of creation and the, and the seven days are actually a, an analogy to, you know, a thousand years each or, or some other um, hypothetical reason that they've come up with. Don't let people come up and mix creation with um, saying that, yes, you know, uh, the scientists say we came from a muddy soup. But God could have created us from that muddy soup. Bible says that he built us out of dirt and breathed into us life. So, you know what? We'll take what science tells us and we'll reconcile it with Scripture. No. The Bible says this occurred in seven days. And, and, and folks, it occurred in seven days. For when you call into question the first chapter of Scripture, much less call into question these verses in Malachi or John in regards to John the Baptist and whether he's Elijah or not, came in the spirit of Elijah, then you call into question everything. You call into question salvation. You call into question God's grace. And those things, those items aren't up for question. Again, as we go through Scripture, utilizing the King James Version, taking a very fundamental approach to Bible study, we will take the position that everything in God's Word is true. There is not one prophecy that did not happen. There is not one statement from Christ that isn't true. 
There's not one statement from God that isn't true. There's not one statement from the men and women who wrote these scriptures with through the inspiration of God that isn't true. And as we come across those, we'll take them up and we'll talk about it and we'll study it and we'll talk about it together. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Before we get there, let me go back to uh, John. Let's look at John chapter... Now let's look at John chapter 1 again at verse 21. So he's already denied that he's Elijah, but notice they asked him another question. They said, art thou that prophet? Well, is this just some, you know, well, if you're not this one person, then are you a prophet? No, that would have been too generic of a question. They were actually asking a specific reference to that prophet. And we'll look at that. Remember, and I will emphasize this many times. They knew their scripture. They knew their prophecy. So as they go and ask a question, they're asking a very specific question here. They asked him, art thou that prophet? So let's flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 18 to see what they're talking about here. Deuteronomy chapter 18, starting in verse 15. The Bible says, The Lord thy God will rise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. Verse 18, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. So when they asked him, Art thou that prophet? They were specifically referencing Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18. I will rise them up a prophet. They're asking, are you that prophet? What was John's answer? No, no, I'm not that prophet either. Verse 22, back in John chapter 1. Then they say, uh, then said they unto him, well, who art thou? that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? Notice here, they started off with some very general questions. Well, well, specific questions. They started off with some very specific questions. Are you Elijah? Are you that prophet? Well, they kept getting no answer. So, okay, now let's just ask a general question. Well, who are you then? You know, we got people that sent us here to find out about you. And if we go back and say, we still don't know who you are, then we, they're going to be upset with us. So give us an answer. When we go back and we are having to answer to those that sent us, what are we going to tell them? Give us an answer then. What does John say? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight away the making straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. 
Isaiah and what uh, what John the Baptist is using here is a reference from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 says the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God he, John the Baptist is saying I'm only a voice you want to know who I am I'm a voice I'm not placing any emphasis. He's not placing any emphasis on on who he is. He's not even answering their question. Who are you? What he's saying is what his task is. Because if I answer who I am, I'm putting the emphasis on myself. And John the Baptist is, is, is humbling himself. He's not going to take any credit for what he's doing there. No, I'm the voice. Luke Chapter 17, verse 10 says, So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all these things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. John the Baptist has done that which was his duty to do. He did that what was commanded him of God. And he's not going to take credit for it. No, he, he just done, he's doing what he was asked to do. He's saying, I'm just the voice. Verse 25, they asked him further. They said, well, why baptize thou then? If thou be not that Christ, nor Esaias, neither that prophet. They're saying, why do you perform what appears to be an official act if you do not have any official status? Since by John's own admission, he was not one of these figures, what authority did he have to be baptizing these people? He answered, I baptized with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He makes clear again, it's not about the baptism, but about the one among you whom ye do not know. They're asking who he is. He's saying, it's not about me. It's about my task. They say, why do you do this act of baptism? He's saying, it's not about that. It's about the one that's among you that ye know not. Having said that, why would they ask him about baptizing? What was the big deal about him baptizing? Remember, he's baptizing Jews. The Jews baptized converts to Judaism. But John was baptizing Jews. In their mind, the Jews needed no baptism. This shocked the religious leaders who viewed the Jews as God's chosen people and not in need of baptism. So why are you baptizing? You're asking Jews to repent. They're God's people. They don't have to repent. Well, folks, everybody's got to repent, don't we? We're all born of a sin nature. We're all sinful. And we must repent. We must be saved. We're all saved the same way. Jew or Gentile, we're all saved the same way, and that's through faith in Christ. Those who did not submit to John's baptism acknowledged that their sin had placed them outside of God's saving covenant, and they were no better than the Gentiles. A Jew submitting to this baptism was saying, I'm no better than the Gentiles. Can you get the picture now why these religious leaders were drawn to him and drawn to what's going on and asking questions about who he is and under what authority are you performing these acts? Verse 27, He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloosen. One author put it this way regarding John's statement here, quote, 
the sum of it is that he wants to abase himself as much as he can, lest any degree of honor wrongly given to him should obscure the superiority of Christ. Have you ever caught yourself uh, during, uh, while performing a service for God at church, becoming maybe upset because the, the pastor doesn't recognize your work? Yet he recognizes somebody else, and in the back of your mind, you're wondering how come you don't get the recognition you deserve? Have you ever asked yourself, well, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this? Christian service is hard. It's hard because we have to deal with people, and people are hard to deal with because they're sinful people. Have you ever sought in the back of your mind and you're wondering why you're not getting credit for the work that you're doing well you want this side of heaven you need to keep the focus on what the reason is you're doing doing it somebody comes up to you and they're like who are you i'm just doing god's work that's who i am that's what john the baptist said i'm just doing god's work i'm doing what's asked of me and he is present and you're ignoring him. That's who you should be asking about. You should be seeking Jesus. And instead, you're wasting time asking about me. That's a tough question for each of us, isn't it? If you're listening to this now and you're not saved. Why are you spending so much time maybe seeking an inspirational speaker who... Uh, makes you feel good. Many in the charismatic movements today, specifically non-denominationalism, seek venues and speakers that make them feel good, the music that kind of draws emotion. You're seeking the wrong things, folks. You should be seeking God. You should be seeking Jesus. And when you find Jesus... He'll direct you to the right place. He'll direct you to the correct church. You just have to be willing to listen. Dear Father, we want to thank you for the time that we get to spend going through your word, Lord. There's so much I feel almost inadequate to cover um, that account in this amount of time. There's so much more that we could talk about. But I think it's really important that we understand why we're doing this. Why do we take the time to prepare these lessons, to record them, to edit them, and put them out so that somebody, somewhere, may hear this and then seek you? It's not about what we're doing here. It's not about who I am. It's about who you are. Let us never, ever lose sight of that, Lord. And dear Heavenly Father, I know as I speak today, and whatever day that this passes into somebody else as they listen, I pray you work in their hearts, in their minds, in their lives. I know each... Every person that listens to this, Lord, has needs. 
has circumstances in their life that may not be going as they had planned. Family issues, spousal issues, issues with maybe children, issues with a boyfriend, with a girlfriend, health issues of an elderly family member, Lord. I pray that you will work in every single one of those issues. And as I pray this now, I know that that prayer is good and will be sufficient a month later when somebody listens to this, Lord. I know you will. You know what's going to happen down the road, and you know who's going to be directed to this and hear this. And I pray that you work in their hearts and their lives and provide them comfort, that you will work as you see fit. And Lord, after that, we give you the glory. We pray in the precious, holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.